This is your KVNF Regional Newscast for Thursday, February 22nd. I'm Lisa Young. The Delta County Sheriff's Office is investigating after a sheep herder located the remains of what appears to be an adult female. According to a Delta County press release, the body was found near Smith Mountain Trailhead east of Delta on Sunday, February 18th. An autopsy is being conducted to determine the person's identity and cause of death. The City of Montrose will host a State of the City presentation on Monday, February 26th. The State of the City will begin at 5.30 p.m. at the Montrose Pavilion. City leadership will speak from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., covering important issues facing the Montrose community. A delay in the completion of its 2022 audit is costing the town of Paonia financially, including the loss of a $956,000 grant to be used towards water projects. The late audit is also holding up other state public funds to which the town is entitled reports the Delta County Independent. The reasons for the audit delay involve the town having to realign its finance department and financial practices, the loss of the CPA firm that was working on the audit, and waiting for the former finance director to sign off on a town credit card so staff could close the account. Paonia Town Administrator Stephen Wynn rescinded the nearly $1 million DOLA grant after the town failed to produce the 2022 audit in time. As for the 2023 audit, Wynn says he will request an extension since auditors will not be able to start on that audit until June 1st. Adam Frisch, candidate for Colorado's 3rd Congressional District, is hitting the road again this week to meet folks across the Western Slope and Southern Colorado. He will host meet and greets in all 27 counties over the next three weeks. State lawmakers are considering new protections for transgender students. KUNC's Lucas Brady Woods reports they're moving forward with a bill that would require schools to use a student's chosen name. Under the bill, it would be considered discrimination if a school refuses to use a student's preferred name. Supporters say the measure is necessary to protect transgender students from being forcibly outed. Elizabeth Williams is the parent of a transgender son who goes to school in El Paso County. She testified in support of the bill and said one of her son's teachers refused to use his preferred name. And it affected his mental health and his ability to actually even attend that class. And when you have a teacher that doesn't respect you, um, you just don't want to show. Williams said the bill would also protect the rights of parents who accept and affirm their transgender kids. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. The White River National Forest uses a variety of methods to manage its 2.3 million acres, whether that's pickup trucks, OHVs, or drones. But there's one tried-and-true method for getting around in the wilderness that the Forest Service still relies on. That's horses and mules. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Caroline Giannis of Aspen Public Radio has the story. In his leather chaps with fringe, a cowboy hat and boots, and a sharp-looking neckkerchief, Crosby Davidson looks like the textbook example of a western cowboy. I can't get enough of horses and mules, so I'll, I'll tolerate the trail work in order to be able to be around horses and mules. Davidson is the trails and wilderness manager for the Shoshone National Forest in Wyoming. He's also the leader of the Shoshone Specialty Pack String. 
Today, he's in rifle at the Garfield County Fairgrounds, hosting a three-day clinic to help employees of the White River National Forest get experience on horseback. His co-instructor is three-year-old Slim, who is literally champing at the bit to get the day started. How you feeling? I really like Slim. Slim's very curious. He's very willing. He's, he's always willing to, to try to get the job done, and he's one of the good ones for sure. Slim hasn't had very many riders. Today is a learning experience for him, too, to help him get adjusted to being around lots of different people. Once he's more comfortable, he'll do a variety of work, like hauling heavy loads in and out of wilderness areas. Or he'll help folks like recreation specialist Trish Barrier. A lot of our areas are off trails or off roads, so getting out to kind of see how the public's using our public lands outside of, you know, our designated systems. She says she's often hiking 10 miles or more a day in the Eagle Holy Cross Ranger District. Getting comfortable on horseback will make those days a lot easier. Like many of the other students here today, Barrier has limited equestrian experience. She's practicing getting the halter on her horse, Nathan. She says it's been a two-way street getting to know each other. To really have them respect you and to, you know, ask them, and then you sometimes have to demand them to do things, but that they ultimately want to work. Barrier is now part of a very long tradition of horseback riding in the U.S. Forest Service, one that dates back to the agency's beginnings in the early 20th century. Rangers at the time used to have ranger stations one day's ride away from each other for their district. That's Curtis Keach, the Blanco District Ranger based in Meeker. He's here to help out and observe. And so they would have one horse and one pack horse and pack all their gear for a week, all their food and everything, and ride from ranger station to ranger station to patrol their district and cover their ground. Keech's district is a lot more remote than the rest of the forest, with a lot of wilderness and no ski resorts. We, we like to uh, joke that uh, hunting season is our ski season in, on the Blanco district. That means having to be just as handy with a horse as the professional hunting and fishing guides that do business in their district. And, of course, the ranchers that have grazing permits in the Flat Tops wilderness. We have a lot of cattle grazing and sheep grazing, and to go out and ride their allotments with them, it's an important part of the job. According to Scott Woodall, the rangeland program manager for the White River National Forest, pretty much everyone who works on the forest will have to get on a horse at some point. We have geologists and botanists and wildlife biologists and fisheries biologists and hydrologists and geologists and rangeland ecologists. And we all use these animals to get up to that high country. And whether a horse is hauling lumber to build a bridge in the wilderness or carrying supplies for a three-day drop camp for field work, Crosby Davidson wants his students to recognize and understand them as valuable co-workers. Get a horse to where he want, he's wanting to do exactly what I'm wanting to do and we're both kind of working in partnership to get a job done. For Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Caroline Yanez. This story was produced with help from Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps. 
It's supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. It was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KVNF. That's your regional newscast for today. I'm Lisa Young.